Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. When he was only eight, he made a decision that he'd never be a Christian. That young man was enduring abuse, poverty, and the feeling he was unwanted in his own family. All the while, he went to church every Sunday and pretended everything was fine. But it was a message at summer camp that would change everything for Austin French and set him on a path to use his gift for music and his one-of-a-kind story in ways he never could have imagined. Austin has a powerful single on radio stations across the country right now called Wake Up Sleeper from the album of the same name. In a brand new book called Jesus Can. And what a treat to have you here, Austin. How's the day so far, sir? It's going great. Uh, you know, I was a tad late to the interview. I'm uh, <laughs> putting down my little girl, changing diapers, wiping snotty noses. So that is the normal for me lately, um, especially in 2020. I'm home a lot more. So I'm doing the full-time dad. You remember that Mr. Dad song? No, sing some, please. <laughs> oh, man. It was, uh, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to do Tim McGraw uh, the the level of excellence That's that fair. he deserves. That's fair. Uh, but, you know, I feel like Mr. Mom over here. And uh, it's been nice to be able to put my kids down for nap. So sorry I was a little late, but uh, I got to be a part of a sweet moment. No, those are the important things. We're just glad to talk with you. It's such a treat to... Uh, verbally meet you today and you talk a little bit about some of the familiar things you know hanging out with the family but in terms of all the differences of 2020 as an artist writing songs recording songs just how much has that impacted you oh hugely i mean i had more time on my hands than ever um but also just my the way i've always written music has always been just writing about life and my life and what I'm experiencing and processing. And so, man, there's been a lot to process um, in 2020. And so we finished uh, my project in the midst of uh, the pandemic and quarantine. I finished a book about my life in the midst of all of it. And it was kind of this big, just, all right, let me get these words out. Let me communicate what I'm feeling. And there's more music, obviously, uh, as an artist, we never stop writing songs. So for me, at least. And so I'm just continually writing stuff down that I'm experiencing even for the first time. So it's it's been a hard year, but it's also been probably one of the most inspiring. Um, and you find yeah. out what really matters. And that's definitely been the case for me. I did a little bit of a double take when I was reading about you in prep because I came across your birth date. And as a 35-year-old individual, I was like, can this guy really be a decade younger than me because you've already put out all of these great songs. You've written the great book, which I enjoyed so much. You're just oh, a kid, you. buddy. I mean, wow, look at you. 
<laughs> a kid with three kids of my own, man. Um, wow. Yeah, we we definitely started early. And if you know about my story, you know, I, in a way, I had to grow up a lot faster than I wanted to. Um, you know, just kind of being uh, from a broken home, dad stepped out, and I was the man of the house as an eight-year-old kid. Like, mm. it's crazy, but... You know, I, I think I had to do things and grow into things faster than I normally would have. And so, yeah, I, I, that's kind of been the, the take of my life is just doing things pretty young. Me and my wife got married when she was 19. I was 20. Our parents were crazy and they let us do it. But we were, <laughs> we're super young parents, you know, and um, we have three kids now. So, yeah, we're doing everything pretty early. By the time we're like 30, we'll be able to go to school with our kids. So it'll be great. <laughs> the story of how you met your wife is one of my favorite parts of the book. If we get a chance, I want to ask you about that night at Small yeah. Group. But uh, let's talk about Wake Up Sleeper first. It's the tremendous single from the album of the same name that you released in the fall. And man, there's an undeniable power to it, sir. You say that it comes out of a story in the New Testament where Jesus does something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And the way I wrote this song, it kind of came out of a season of, uh, I was in uh, like a senior in high school, and we our church that we were at did this thing called Youth Sunday, where the youth kind of take over everything in the church. So preaching, seating, Sunday school, coffee, you name it, like the youth did it. And I thought I was a shoe-in to lead worship, and I drew the short straw that Sunday, and I had to preach my first sermon ever. <laughs> and uh, I can talk forever behind a guitar. That's yeah. where I'm comfortable, and I can sing. But but preaching, like God's Word, like that was something I was not prepared to do. Mm-hmm. Never thought I would ever do that. And uh, so I remember going to the Bible and just like desperately saying, God, speak and show me how to teach these words. And uh, I came across one of my favorite stories of the Bible where in the book of Luke, Jesus interrupts the funeral of a little boy. And the story is so beautiful. Like, it's so desolate. This little boy is headed on the outskirts of town, his widow, mother beside him, a funeral procession. And as a teacher, spiritual teacher, Jesus should have turned the other way, like walked the other way, ceremonially and sacrificially, like, well, not sacrificially, but, but ceremonially and physically, he would become unclean right. if he became uh, like touch something dead, right. but man, Jesus does everything upside down, and he walks up to the funeral, up to the casket, puts his hand on the casket, taking everything unclean about that little boy upon himself, and then he says, get up, and that day a little boy started breathing again, and God just began to just paint this picture of, Austin, I'm still interrupting funerals today. I'm still waking up people today. And uh, that's the truth of the gospel. We are here because someone interrupted our funeral. And uh, I, I praise the Lord. My, inter- my funeral has been interrupted, and he called me from death to life. And he said, wake up, sleeper. Um, and that's why I wrote the song. And, and Paul, in the book of Ephesians, um, basically is kind of alluding to this story where Jesus does this for this little boy. And he says, wake up, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you and give you life. And that is the hope of the gospel. So that's what this song is, man. Hopefully it's an encouragement uh, for people to say, man, thank God that Jesus interrupted my funeral. And then also it's a challenge. 
Um, because if we keep that news to ourselves, if we are literally walking zombies who have been given <laughs> life again, um, and we don't tell someone about that, we're crazy. Mm. And uh, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful challenge that we have to share what Jesus has done for us. And it's our responsibility to go share it to a lot of people who are still sleeping in their funeral procession today. Man, man, powerful, powerful words. You know, I couldn't resist asking you as well about Why God, which was Mm. the song that introduced many of us to your music. And the writing on this track, simply incredible. It says, just to read a bit of it, it says, Why God do people have to die? a daughter or a son, sudden and so young, long before their time. Why, God, do people fall apart? A promise in a ring becomes a broken thing, a road that got too hard. I don't understand, but I understand why, God, I need you. Mm-hmm. I, I get the yeah. sense that you don't really tiptoe around life's toughest questions, Austin. <laughs> I mean, where, did, where oh. does your heart come from to tackle it head on like that? Yeah, you know, I just got tired of us not talking about it. And I was in a season of my life where I asked that question, why God? Um, My dad was in a serious car accident. um, And I told you earlier that my parents were in a divorce. So there was a lot of baggage that I had kind of led up into me and my dad's relationship. But God had brought us back together. Forgiveness happened. Redemption happened. And then a couple of months later, my dad got in a car accident and the doctors gave him a 5% chance to live. And I screamed those words in an ICU waiting room for the first time. Why, God? And I instantly felt shame, um, instantly felt fear and afraid, like I couldn't say those words and be a good Christian. Um, but then I became a dad a little bit later on, and I understood that season way better um, see, my kids aren't bad kids because they say, why daddy? I have two kids, um, well, three kids, but two in the why daddy stage. And <laughs> they bring questions about dinosaurs and the moon and the sun and every single booger that comes out of their nose. And it's <laughs> gross. But, but, you know, that they know no matter the question, they can bring it to their daddy. And I'll listen and I'll care for them and I'll love them and I'll lead them through it. And it doesn't make them a bad kid. It just makes them a kid who needs their dad. And I understood that that why God question has a place in my faith. If it doesn't, then I'm sort of a dictator that just tells me what to do. But God says he wants a relationship with us, a partnership with us to lead us, to direct us, to guard us, to to hold us. And the why is important because I don't hold the world in my hands, but man, Thank God I know the one who does. Mm. And that is what this question was all about. The song was all about was saying, hey, if you've had questions, it's okay. We have someone who can handle them. And even when we don't understand the answers, he's big enough to hold us in the waiting. And um, that is what I found to be true, that God's not scared of our why God questions. He wants them uh, because we're kids who just need our dad. And uh, that's what that song's about. It was a very vulnerable song to write, um, but it was, it's probably my favorite song I've ever written. Man, can see why. Mr. Austin French is with us today on the road, the talented recording artist with the single Wake Up Sleeper from the album of the same name that's powerfully reaching people really across the world right now. 
<laughs> We've alluded to it a number of times, but understanding your story and where you've been makes your music even more powerful, if that's possible. And uh-huh. an introduction to it might just start with this. When you're eight years old, you decide that you're never going to be a Christian. Why was that, yeah. brother? Man, I grew up in a pastor's home, a worship pastor's home. My my dad was a worship pastor. My mom was a music teacher. Um, hence, that is why I do music, because it feels like music is in my blood, because I grew up with it in my living room. And, um, and then a church was also kind of in my blood, from a bunch of church planners, a bunch of evangelists, and then my dad, a worship pastor. And the conversations... Uh, before we go into church on Sundays, kind of sums up my view on who Jesus was. Was my dad would turn around to my two sisters and look at my mom and says, "Okay, we're we're here. Pull down the sleeves, hide the scars, hide the bruises, put a smile on your face. We're going to go to church today." Mm-hmm. And that's the life we lived. It was pretend. It was performance, and it was our life is falling apart. It feels like World War Three, but at church, we're the perfect family. And I thought Jesus was a hypocrite. And I thought uh, being a godly man was cleaning up on Sundays, but beating your wife and kids behind closed doors every other day of the week. And I didn't want anything to do with that. So as an eight-year-old little boy, I remember getting a journal out, and I wrote those words, I will never be a Christian. Really what I was saying is, I will never be my dad. And because that's that's what I thought being a Christian was. And it wasn't until... My parents got a divorce. The church that we were going to asked us to never come back. All this pain, all this baggage just started to, to pile on. I started to hate people, hate church more, hate, hate godly people more because I thought it was fake. And yeah. it wasn't until I was 13, I wanted a guitar. I wanted to be John Mayer because he played guitar and got girls. And uh, eighth grade me was all about that. And I went to this music camp. It happened to be a Christian music camp, and uh, I learned to play the guitar while I was there. And the last week, um, or last night of this camp, a guy got on a stage, and he said words that changed my life forever. He said this. He said, don't judge Jesus on the broken people he came to save. Wow. Because broken people, broken people hurt broken people, but Jesus wants broken people. And I was... Super broken, but at that moment, I just remember thinking, oh, my dad needs to hear this. My my church pastor needs to hear this. All my friends need to hear this, and God just continued to hit zero in and said, no, Austin, you need to hear this. And that was the moment I realized I was broken. I needed a lot of healing, and I wasn't getting it anywhere else. And that was the moment I decided to, to give Jesus a try. And instead of stop, to stop judging him, on the people in my life and actually give him a chance. And that's when I've really found that he is everything he says he is mm-hmm. and that people don't always do the best job at, at painting the picture of who he really is. You got to spend time with him. And uh, that was right then and there, man, that I decided I wanted to not just play guitar anymore to get girls. Um, I wanted to write music that told my friends, that told other people, that told broken people just like me, that there was a Savior who was ready to heal them. And that's why I do what I do today. When I was 13, I decided I just wanted to write music to let people know who Jesus was. And that's what I'm still doing today. That's amazing. I mean, not only, well, it's amazing on so many levels, (laughs) but not only that you find redemption, that you find new purpose, but you 
that early it was that you set up. You want to make music for broken people. You had that direction that early. Yeah, I mean, and, and it sounds crazy because I, I, I don't know. It For me, music, man, was just like speaking. So my mom taught music in her house. It was what we did all the time. I mean, we were in talent shows and recitals all the time. So music was even easier to me than talking on the phone to you because it was just what I grew up doing. We sing all the time. In fact, it probably drives my wife nuts, but that's what we do still when my family gets together is we all get around and we just sing. It's just what we do. And, and so, yeah. And so I don't, I wouldn't say that it was this amazing thing that happened. It was like, Austin, you're going to be a contemporary Christian artist one day (laughs) and telling the world about Jesus. It was more of just like, Hey bro, just use what you got and, and do what you feel comfortable with. And for me, it was singing. It was right. Like for some people it's running marathons, you know, or, or going to work or being a computer programmer. Like God has wired all of us with different talents and gifts. And I don't think he asked us to go acquire the coolest or greatest or highest thing, uh, kind of gift. I think he just looks at us and says, Hey, if you'll just be faithful with what you have, I can use it. Wow. Um, and that was that was it for me. Well, we're talking with Mr. Austin French today, the talented recording artist with the single Wake Up Sleeper, the album of the same name, powerfully reaching people all across the world right now. I have to say, the book is amazing. The book is called Jesus wow. Can, My Story of Emerging from Heartache to Hope. And it is just, it's a lovely, lovely story. So well told. The thing that stuck out to me the most that I have to ask you about, though, is a night when you don't necessarily want to go to small group at church, but you made a (laughs) promise to your friend that you're going to do it. So you stay and you meet somebody who kind of changes your life. Not even kind of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easily one of the best decisions of my life. Um, And yeah, I, it was so funny, man. I went to this church um, to lead. Actually, I wasn't even supposed to lead worship that night. My, I was just there to, to play acoustic guitar for this band. And they were like, hey, you sing too. Why don't you just leave worship tonight? And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I didn't really want to be there. I was going for a buddy of mine who played drums. who begged me to come. And so I'm there. I lead worship. I am literally packed up, about to walk out the door. He's like, you got to stay for small groups. It's the best part. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, geez, okay. And uh, I go sit down. There's an empty seat next to me. And then this incredible woman comes and sits down in the seat next to me. And uh, instantly I'm like, wow, she is gorgeous. <laughs> um, but, but I was like, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to play it cool. Uh, I don't even know her name. And, uh, and then next thing I know, she's talking about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, man, this is my wife. Like, I was all in. <laughs> All in, don't even know her name yet, and uh, uh, so much so, I was so nervous, so, so nervous, but the best thing about those small groups, and for anybody that's listening that's like, man, I need to find my wife, or I need to find my husband, uh, small groups are a good place to do that, especially mm-hmm. if they hold hands during the prayer time, so uh, that, that became my mission every week to be in her small group so I could hold her hand while we prayed. And, uh, you know, you got to use what you got. And that's, that's the moments I got. And, uh, but I was so nervous, man. And honestly, I didn't know her name, but I knew I wanted to marry her the first time I saw her. I was like, this is, this is my wife. And, um, yeah. And lo and behold, she, it took her a lot more convincing. (laughs) Um, but, but finally wore, wore down, 
uh, after she actually asked me out first, uh, I was terrified to do so, and I stink at picking up subtle hints. She asked me to coffee about 13 times, and uh, eventually I figured out maybe I should take her to coffee. And, uh, yeah, and so that's what we did. And, man, it's been a, a beautiful, beautiful relationship. She's my best friend, and uh, behind every, every man, uh, at least, for me, like every okay man, there's an even more beautiful, incredible woman. And for me, that is the case. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. Uh, well, thank you for that. It was funny enough in the telling of the book, but you added some elements there that were even <laughs> even more entertaining. So thanks for that special look inside that. I think one of the things that sort of made my heart go out to you the most uh, when you were describing just those years of growing up was particularly after your parents split up the feeling that no one wanted you. And mm. I think that's an experience that so many of us have had in terms of coming to Jesus, having your perspective, your heart, your life totally transformed. What was it like to go from no one wants me to suddenly a completely reshaped perspective? Mm. You know, I it's so funny because it, that in a way, like, uh, and maybe someone else is dealing with that right now. Um, but I think we all look for someone to prove that they want us, and we're all looking for the proof that someone does want us. And uh, it, a lot of us feel like it'll come in the future tense, but really, where all the proof came for me is when I realized what was done on the cross was done for me and that I was wanted before I ever felt like I needed to be wanted. And, um, that's, that's the most beautiful thing about the gospel is that when we were so undeserving, when we were so lost and gone. And for me, I swore off Christianity. Mm. Even then Jesus had already paid my price to show me the deep love and deep affection and that, he was ready to rescue me. And um, so I, it wasn't something that was going to come in the future. It was something that had already been done. And the more, even today, the more I learn and the more I discover how much he didn't have to do it, um, how much uh, I don't deserve it, how incredible the creator of the universe is, I I see how much more wanted I am. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a moment when I was 13 that I realized that. And I would say it's not something that I realized and then stopped. It was something that I, I learned more even now right. uh, of how beautiful that story is and how much um, the Savior of the world wants a relationship with us. It's, it's just the most beautiful story ever told. Thank you for that. That is so hope-filled. There's a simple line in your hit song, Jesus Can, which shares its name with the biography that you wrote last year, which is, mm -hmm. but wounds become scars and scars become stories. And everything that you've gone through is really just heartbreaking as much of it is early on. You now have a mm -hmm. platform to speak into people's lives that so yeah. many of us never would have. Just mm. how amazing is it when somebody comes up to you, writes to you and says, because of what you experienced, God was able to speak into my life. That just has to be amazing. It, it definitely is, man. And, you know, eight-year-old eight me that was, you know, hiding in my closet, scared of what was 
going to happen that day. Uh, if you would, if I could talk to myself back then and say, "Hey, God's going to use this," I wouldn't have believed you, um, because in that moment, I would have traded anything for a good life or a healthy life or you know those kind of things. But now, you know, twenty six, almost twenty seven years old, I wouldn't trade it at all. Uh, almost twenty years later, I wouldn't trade it um, because I have had, I, I've seen how. People want to feel. Um, people want to feel a part of something. People want to feel like they're not the only one who's experiencing those things. And Scripture really does put it this way when He says that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, a lot of us love the blood of the Lamb. We sing songs about it. We talk about it. Praise God for the cross and what was done. Um, but a lot of us are scared to death of the word of our testimony. Hmm. Um, and I think the word of our testimony is a part of that overcoming because it realizes that we realize that we're not alone, that we're not o- the only sinner in the world who needs a savior. And we're not the only one who's experienced miracles from where we used to be to where we are now. And someone is where we used to be and they need to know that it's possible to get to where we are now. Man, oh man, oh man, what a story, what a testimony, what a heart. Mr. Austin French, the recording artist, the single is called Wake Up Sleeper, the album of the same name just released this past fall, powerfully reaching people across the world. Sir, if folks want to learn more about your music, I know it's available wherever fine music is sold or streamed, but where's the best place to start the journey for the music and for the book? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to go to my website, um, austinfrenchmusic.com, you can find everything there. So we don't just have the book and CD, but we have signed copies of that as well, if you want a signed copy. Um, And then, you know, all the social media aspects. I love to connect with fans and comment and post and and all the things that people do on social media. (laughs) Um, You can check out there. So my website and social media, just look me up at Austin French. Awesome. Well, my friend, what an absolute treat to meet you verbally today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your heart. It was just a real pleasure. Oh, thank you, man. It's so great to talk to you, and thanks for letting me share my story. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.